재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. Well, the fashion and advertising industry has long been the domain of thin, so-called conventionally attractive models, but recently more and more plus-size models have graced the scene and it is hoped that their success and prominence would tackle the growing problem of body shaming being felt by many women as well as men uh, in their constant exposure to media. So to help us learn more about how plus-size models are breaking the conventional norms of beauty and what more can be done to reinforce a positive body image among the average uh, viewing public, we're very pleased to have joining us from Robert Gordon University in Aberdeen, media and communications professor Sarah Peterson. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Professor. Um, in your view, how are the current perceptions of ideal weight conceptualized by media and advertising? Is it too simplistic to say that thin is better is the general sort of consensus? Well, probably yes. I mean, if you look at the last 100 years, we can see that the ideal body shape, which has been presented by the media and advertising, has undergone many, many changes. If you think back to the 1920s, for example, we had this very, very slim boyish figure that was presented to us in magazines and by the silent movie stars. Um, Then we go to the 1950s, and if you think of of what were called the sweater girls, like Marilyn Monroe Mm. and Lana Turner, those are much, much more voluptuous figures, which again changed in the 1960s, and we go back to a much slimmer body shape. So uh, we haven't always had the propagation that slim is best. What we have got is a lot of influence from the media on what we see as the ideal figure. And this, uh, you're, as you're describing, it's a sl- cyclical um, thing, but um, there is a growing, I wouldn't say outcry, but a growing uh, number of people who are saying that those standards do need to reflect the reality, right? Absolutely, yes. There's a real demand to acknowledge the reality of women's lives and bodies in fashion. And I think that one of the major influences there has been the rise in fashion blogging. There are lots of blogs now devoted to plus-sized fashion written by larger women. Um, And that's really a demand that's come from the street, that the fashion industry and the media have had to acknowledge. Um, This is a whole new market for them, so it would be silly um, not to attract its spending power. In terms of the phenomenon of uh, plus-size models, uh, is this a a real sustainable trend in your view? Do you feel it can be uh, something that's not just a niche or a subgroup of, of fashion, but something that can be a major component to, in the long term? Well, I think we have to be careful when we use the term plus size because for some uh, in the fashion industry, plus size means what to the rest of us was called still pretty thin. Sure. Um, But, I mean, I think at the moment the problem is that we tend to have uh, a whole lot of uh, very slim models in a fashion show or in a a media shoot and then one plus size model. Um, It's not really a sort of an acknowledgement of of the wide variety of women's bodies out there. Although we also now are beginning to see creeping in also one older woman. Um, So so it's it's very much um, just the one-off being introduced rather than Mm. becoming the norm so sort of like a benetton ad where i suppose yes yes now there was an interesting uh i I suppose uh mini news controversy when i believe a uh a big and beautiful or a plus size publication had featured uh 
Amy Schumer, the comedian, as one of her, mm-hmm. uh, one of their role models. And she kind of came back right away saying, well, you know, I'm a size eight. I don't know if necessarily I should be lumped into, um, a category, especially I, I suppose she was looking out for, uh, the body image, uh, perceptions of young women to all of a sudden consider Amy Schumer as someone as the point that you were making plus size when that might not necessarily, uh, be the case. There is, and I know you recognize it as well. There is a backlash to this as well. And there are people who, um, whether you want to call them fat shamers or people who just simply mm. uh, cruel or mean, and, and they seem to have, um, especially online, a very, very loud and sometimes disturbing voice. Yes, absolutely. There's a concept that we call fat stigmatization. Um, and research has shown, for example, in television programs, if you think of sitcoms, um, you often see that the fat people, and particularly the fat women, are there purely to be laughed at. Um, whenever they say something, there is a, a, a laughter track going on. Um, they're often positioned as the best friend rather than actually having the love affairs themselves. And, and they're also often positioned in more menial jobs as the housekeeper or the maid mm. or the cook. So there's a whole sort of stigmatization of, of larger women um, that goes throughout the media that we might not even be aware of. But the problem is um, sitcoms are particularly popular, for example, with teenagers. So they're imbibing this kind of um, ideology without even thinking about it, that fat people are there uh, for humor. Now, uh, I'm as as a media and communications professor, um, I know you've kept track with some of the controversies that have been going on, the the backlash on uh, sites like 4chan or even Reddit, where uh, there are communities that are sort of kind of targeting uh, groups of people, including people who uh, perhaps are of a larger size. That being said, I suppose, and maybe a more of a devil's advocate point of view is, isn't there a balance, though? Um, in terms of the problems that the real problems of health and and mm. obesity and and uh, uh, diseases like diabetes, where it is certainly a social problem, it is certainly a, a strain on on health resources and the cost to society. That there does need to be definitely an acceptance of what is a healthy body, but there also needs to be a real, I suppose, uh, recognition that obesity certainly is an issue in many parts of the world, including the UK or the United States. Absolutely, yes. I mean, uh, we, we do acknowledge that size can affect people's health. But I would argue it's far better to encourage women to feel good about their bodies, which then hopefully would lead them to want to take care of themselves and their, their health, than criticizing them and making them feel unhappy. So a celebration of, of women's bodies in all their different shapes is, is important, I think. And on the other side of health, we know that there's a, a, you know, a growing number of very young children now who are concerned about their weight, attempting to limit their eating. Mm-hmm. We also know that there's been a, a rising concern amongst young, uh, young men. Uh, there's a rise in body dysphoria and poor eating practices for males as well. Um, so we've got to balance you know, the, both sides of the equation there. Certainly, and as you say, uh, anorexia is a very uh, big issue mm-hmm. for men. Body dysmorphia is, is a, a certainly a, a big issue as well because of these images that we are seeing uh, circulated around uh, mass media. The bottom line, though, do you feel that these changes are moving as you kind of gauge the media landscape in a more positive direction? And do you think that as people, and we can say the millennial generation, and people more uh, attuned to how you communicate uh, in this digital age, that uh, we will see those positive changes really take hold? 
Yeah, I think the millennial generation in particular are very savvy about the imp- in the influence of the media and advertising on them. I also think social media and, you know, for example, the rise of celebrities like Kim Kardashian have introduced um, different body shapes into the public discourse. So on the whole, I think that there is a lot of positives there. All right. Well, on that optimistic note, we uh, will leave it there. Professor Peterson, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Professor Sarah Peterson from Robert Gordon University.